Welcome to the Rescue One podcast. Each week, we talk about challenging the way we do business in the fire service when it comes to mental and physical health. I believe there's a better way to do it, and I want to bring in experts that can teach us exactly how and why we should be doing things differently for the sake of our longevity on and off the job. If we can just rescue one of our brother or sister firefighters from preventable injury, illness, or disability, then we've done our job. Thanks for listening. Guys, thank you and welcome back to the Rescue One podcast. Uh, today's guest, super excited about, we have Jason Patton here from Fire Department Chronicles and Fire Department Coffee. I am going to let him introduce himself a little bit because uh, I think everybody probably knows who this guy is. They've seen his videos. But one thing that um, I did want to bring up and talk about today, especially is all the work that he does that maybe some of you don't know about, and that's the mental health stuff, which I think is just as important as all the comedy that he brings to us. So Jason, thank you so much for being on with us today. A lot of the stuff that you do, people may or may not know about as far as all the extra work. So we we will get to that. But I just wanted to talk a little bit about some of the other stuff first, and then we can get to that. For those of you that don't know how you got on the job, what brought you into the fire service? I had a friend who came up to me. He said, hey, man, I just went to EMT school. I love that you should try it out. I didn't even know what an EMT was at the time. I am not a second or third generation. I'm the first generation of firefighters that are EMTs, paramedics in my family. So I went to EMT school, man, fell in love with it. Absolutely loved it, dude. It was just something so fascinating learning about the body and, and, and the way, you know, collateral blood flows and blood pressures and all this stuff. At least in South Florida, I don't think you can be on the job anywhere without running a ton of medicals, but I think most of the country, man, like medicals are kind of, I don't know, that's what we do most of the time. I mean, even FDNY and Detroit are going to run mostly medicals. They just, they also go to a lot of fires, you know, it's a little bit of both, but yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people love the driver's spot, man. It's like, Right in the middle there, you know, you can get to, you still get to go to stuff, but you're not um, going crazy. Are you trying to become an officer or no? Not at this moment. I felt the itch about two weeks ago because people were talking about it and I was like, eh, nah, I'm good. I remember working at AMR. We worked at AMR at the same time. And there was like a couple of times where we worked as partners. I'm like, I don't know if this guy for sure is on drugs, but he might be. He is super amped up. And I ha- I always had a good time working with him, man. It was fun. That place, you know, I think people reserve their opinions sometimes. It's a good place to start, right? I got invaluable experience there. I got to learn how to talk to people, evaluate them. I got to see what Solumedrol did to their skin. I got to, you know, go through medication lists, pick up, learn how to learn how to talk to nurses and, and do reports and, and, and like, and you, you, I know people that come on the fire service that are that have worked for an ambulance company prior to i know them immediately because they're comfortable they're comfortable in everything it does paint a ton of that it just deals shows you how to deal with other personalities sometimes harder personalities talk to docs like all that stuff uh if you're gonna be on the job down in south florida all that stuff's mandatory man you gotta know whenever i do a podcast i try to do like research on people you know so i always want to like kind of get the gist of what their background is and like you know kind of some of the stuff they've done and I happened on a video. It was probably one of the first ones you're doing, unloading the stretcher. That was so much fun. And what's funny is in that video is a, uh, I believe it's one of them's a promoted captain. The other one's a, a, a battalion chief now. Like awesome. at that time, we were just all fire medics on yeah. the box together. And uh, we, I got everyone involved with it. And we we had so much fun with that video. 
just so much fun. The best part of that video was the dude who like leans in and goes, you're doing a great job. Like, yes. That's the fucking yes. part that cracks me up, man. I love that shit. <laughs> yeah. That is so funny. When you were making like videos, I don't know if you were trying to accomplish anything specific or you just, you thought it was funny and then shit just started happening. But what would you say some of the things that some like good unexpected benefits of, of you making these were like something that cool that happened that maybe you didn't uh, you didn't expect i think a lot of the camaraderie that i didn't expect you know i mean i know that we all run the same calls no matter what language you speak we're all running the same calls like that's just it's just the way it is so um but it was a lot of the camaraderie that i that i didn't expect and what's cool is now when i go places where people uh do the same job as me or even just appreciate the content in general I get to have conversations with people that I never thought I would get to do. Like I, I genuinely get to sit down with people and find out what they do in the fire service and uh, you know, where they work. So, on, so on. we all know the conversations are always the same, no matter where you're at, like, where do you work? What's your schedule? Do you have a retirement? <laughs> it's just always, it's the same thing, but, <laughs> but it's uh, what it's brought me closer with, with a lot of other firefighters and paramedics across the United States. And I think just in general, it gives all of us, something to point at and laugh and, and, and have a good time, whether it's me, uh, it's my videos or firefighter Fenton or, or uh, firefighter Lance, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think that's probably something that even just going to like FDIC, you know, mm -hmm. and, and um, I was there last year, I saw you there and, you know, just, I, I wanted to come up and say, what's up? Like just for a second, I was like, Oh, it's Jason. I'm gonna go say hi. And then I'm like, is that a fucking line of people like waiting to see that dude? <laughs> And I was like, bro, I can't wait in this line, you know? And like, you saw me, you're like, hey, what's up? Like, just for, yeah, I was like, all right, I said hi to him, I'm out of here. Uh, I love that, man. I think that's awesome because people are, that to me is like, people see you and they're like, this guy brings like comedy and joy and like, you know, and some, maybe somebody's having a shit day, you know, and it just kind of helps a little bit. It's also odd to me that there are people not in the fire service that absolutely love the videos. I'm like, how do you guys know? This is funny to you? Because I, I think it's funny, but like, I know what the guy's talking about. You don't know what he's talking about. If paramedics had to try drugs, you know what I mean? Like their medications, like that shit. Yeah, I think that kind of spans. That's probably one of my favorite videos. That had to be fun too. I'm sure it's fun making these. Um, so where is the connection there? Because I think that a lot of these have a positive impact on the job, you know, as far as like the way to laugh about it, you could be having a shit day and maybe it'll help the mental health side. How did that come about? How did you start coming into helping people uh, like that? Yeah, I've always struggled with little self-esteem issues throughout my life. And then, you know, just being a, a guy and a first responder, we're not exactly told to talk about this stuff. I mean, it's, it's always most of us that have had, uh, you know, 10 years on or more at some point in time in our lives, we've been told. Uh, you know, if you can't handle it, you shouldn't be in this job, which yeah. I just personally think is a really stupid statement. I mean, granted, look, there are always exceptions to those rules. If you're crying every five seconds on every call, like you might want to think about maybe either seeking help or seeing if maybe this job is a little too emotional uh, for you. But um, man, I just it was a I struggled with issues Then I, I went through a divorce and was, you know, just going through some really bad times and. I uh, had like a moment, man, where I was legitimately uh, laying on a gym floor, fantasized about putting a gun in my mouth and pulling the back of my head off and felt relief from the thought. I was like, oh, God, that would I feel so much better. Yeah. And I was like, OK, it's uh, probably time to go talk to somebody. So I went and seeked help and, and I found what I needed. I found peace. I heard a quote where um, 
this Olympic trainer was trying to tell his uh, a gymnast. I'm summarizing, but you know, she felt like shit one day, and he goes, "Yeah, that sounds about right," you know. And she's like, "Well, I mean, I didn't feel that great yesterday," and he goes, "Yeah, but you felt great two days ago." So he's like, "It's one third good, one third okay, one third shit." If you're off balance and like every day is shit, then you have a problem. If you're if you're having like all highs, like you know, maybe there's going to be a crash here, unfortunately. But it's, I thought it was really interesting to hear that from somebody who professionally coaches that mental game and that mental mindset. And, and he said it specifically to chasing dreams. But I mean, I think in general, that's probably true. Like you can't have every day. Awesome. Like that's not the way it works. Um, I mean, it's not, it's not real. Like that's, that's not real. And, and like not to quote a movie, but the matrix kind of talked about that. Uh, I think it was the second matrix. And they were talking about all the different versions of the matrix that they had created. And they said one of them was, it was perfect. Life was perfect. And they said that the humans couldn't deal with it. You know, because adversity, I mean, not to quote something that's been said a billion times, but adversity is what gives happiness its weight. (laughs) Like if everything is great, then everything is shit, you know? And I mean, you look at people that are born with a golden spoon or silver spoon in their mouth. Like they are never given adversity ever. And then when they meet it one day, whether it's something that you and I wouldn't even care about, our coffee was wrong and they freak out, man, because the freaking coffee was wrong, you know? <laughs> right. So, yeah. And I'm not saying everyone's like that. I guess it kind of leads into the next, my next question, but what would you say that the biggest problem in the fire service is with, with mental health right now? Um, what needs to be done on a daily basis is learning how to self cope. That's, and then understanding that not everything is an extreme. Like I said, we bring up mental health issues. The other side is saying, well, then everyone's going to say it like, no, Jesus, dude, people could just say, I'm having a bad day. Really? Why are you having a bad day? I saw a dead kid. Oh man, that's yeah. I would feel the same way. Oh, okay, cool. Thanks. You know? And then we're able to move on. Not everyone needs to go to therapy. Not everyone needs six months off, but if, somebody needs it, give it to them. Otherwise it's given the coping skills to work on things on a daily basis. Yeah. I wonder how much of it is like, we don't want to address it because we don't understand it or we don't, we're afraid of it. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, shit, if I, what's going to happen if I ask this question, like, Hey man, you know, and I'm a peer support counselor, you know, in my department, they train peer support people to directly ask, are you thinking about killing yourself? Are you thinking about hurting yourself? And you have to be very direct. And I think people are genuinely worried. Like, what if I ask that and this this guy that I admire or work with or that I'm close with says yes? You know, like, I think there's some kind of protection in our heads that are like, don't ask the question because I don't want to know. That is definitely, and that's when I took the peer support as well, that was it. They're like, you don't ask. Like, are you, like, are you thinking, like, it's like, are you thinking about killing yourself? Like, you, like, make it very blunt. Dude, if the answer is yes, then okay, we need to take some immediate steps. We need to do things. But I don't care who you are. At some point in time in your life, you have thought maybe not about killing yourself, but about how, you know, how bad the day is and how much better it would be if you just went home and drank or or whatever it is. Like, dude, this is such a natural thing. So and being open about it, sometimes literally just saying it like, yeah, I'm actually thinking about that a lot lately. Sometimes that in itself is a relief. Like, oh God, I said it, you know, now I can kind of work through what I need to work through. Right. Yeah. Cause we don't want to just suppress something that is probably a natural feeling that a lot of people have about like trying to cope, 
you know, with stresses and other ways and just say like, yeah, it's totally normal to say like, I feel like just going home and drinking, you know, and not remembering this right now. I feel like, you know, I'm having trouble coping with this memory I have, whatever, you know, that's normal. Are we doing it harmfully? That That's the other thing that we have to, you know, address. So, I mean, when we have stuff like this, obviously, I think we're on the same page, you know, the department departments in general are probably reacting and, and doing good things for mental health more now than they ever have, which is awesome. We got to keep that ball rolling. But, you know, as far as the problems of suicide, I mean, suicides still aren't going down. And maybe this is something that we have to wait to unfortunately wait for all of these positive changes to start taking effect. Like this isn't something that happens overnight. But regardless, suicides still aren't going down to where they need to be. So as far as like, steps to take right now on a department level, or I would even say like on a new firefighter level, you know, like what are, in your opinion, what are a couple of things that we could be doing better? I think, uh, so I do this, this speech called how to hug One Hundred and One, and, um, it's a very, it, I made the name because it's, it's like the very basics. I'm not going up there with clinical information. Like it's, it's me just talking to people like, Hey, this is, this is what I went through. This is what I've seen a lot of people go through. And here's the basics of like how to like maybe negate some of that shit. Um, but one of the things I say at the end is, uh, you know, there's a there's a, a saying out there and I heard it in a movie and I forget what movie. I want to say it was like Star Trek or something like that. Uh, but it was like sticks in a bundle are unbreakable. And uh, I loved it, man, because it, I figured there was two ways to approach something like that. One was from a departmental, like, like firefighting steer the Titanic kind of uh, tradition way. Um, we need to attack it from both sides. Invest in your own physical health. Just do 20 minutes. Go for a walk. Uh, I did this thing called 50-50-50. Um, and it was brought up by my friend, Andrew Gianta. 50 push-ups, 50 air squats, uh, 50 sit-ups every day. That's what I did. And then when I wanted, I went up to 100. But at least 50 and at one point in time, I was able to knock all that out in about three minutes. So like three that's minutes good. working out, but I got some blood flowing, felt great, did it every day. Um, and that's that's obviously good for hormone balance, you know, testosterone release, all the fun stuff. Then uh, eat a balanced diet, eat the rainbow. I mean, a, a hundred people have told you that. And then, dude, if you got to talk to someone, talk to someone. So like just the very basics of the human, like human nature. It's like, what, right. just be it's, a freaking human. Because genetic stuff. Yeah, no, man, it's so true. And I think we try to like, we miss the forest for the trees kind of thing where we just try to like, not for nothing. I mean, I'm all for prescription medication when needed, you know, and I think that it plays a big role in mental health, you know, and I'm not a pro, but I know if I go to the doc and I'm like, I'm feeling depressed, the doctor's going to do doctor shit, right? He's going to go, well, let's get you on some medication or talk to a psychiatrist, or psychologist. You know, the first thing isn't, you know, like to dive into the problem. And sometimes I think the time between you starting to feel that and then you actually going into what's causing it is a long time. And, and maybe a lot of trial and error with medication. I have this happen with guys that I work with loved ones. Like it's just, it, it's, it's just how it is. It's a lot of trial and error and, um, with, with medication in, in particular. And we all have to remember that doctors, doctors are trying to sit protect themselves. So they want to make sure and not like at their own yep. fault. They're not jerks. They're like, I have to prescribe you something. Yeah. And I think that's important to remember is like, it could go both ways, right? So you could have no problems on the job at all, no traumatic calls or what most people would call traumatic. I mean, obviously everything's different for everybody, but you could have none of that and you could still have mental health issues because of X, Y, or Z going on at home or whatever's happening in your personal life. 
and vice versa. You could have all the worst shit on the job and it doesn't bother you at all. But sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't like everybody's a little different and it's, it's hard, man. It's not something that's like a one size fits all deal. And that's why I think like, you know, we just have to be cautious about how we um, look at all the other stuff. Like you can't just say it's one or the other. Um, diving into the problem is the thing. You know, one thing you said, I thought that was um, important to talk about was, you know, you'd mentioned doctors got to protect themselves. You know, it's the same thing. Like if you have high cholesterol, they're not going to say, hey, you should eat different. They're going to go, do you want simvastatin? You know what I mean? And that's that's what they got to do. That's, that's their job. Um, but, uh, you know, the reason I started uh, Rescue One was for some of those reasons. Like I don't think that we should negate all the stuff that hemp and cannabis plants can possibly do for us without having to dive into the problem. I don't know where the future of that lies for sure. I do know that a lot of departments are starting to open their eyes and try to bring that into their departments too. The IFF is working on like a big toolkit for uh, bringing cannabis into departments. Where do you see that going, CBD and cannabis in the future in the fire service? I'm very interested to see where it's going to go. As you, we said before we got on the phone call, like it's always very controversial, this subject, mm-hmm. of course. Um, but here's something, this is just my personal, this is not a fire, this, this is not via my department or anybody, but in my 17 years in this business, in my 39 years on this, uh, on this planet, I cannot personally remember a single time that, and, and assuming it wasn't laced with some crap, but someone smoked a joint or ripped a bong and went and beat the living crap out of somebody or, right. you know, like I, I just, I've never seen that. Like, right. so my, my thought has always been, you know, let it go slow. Like, let it be done properly. I don't know where it'll go. We'll watch the data come out. And when the data proves that everything's fine, then we'll move forward. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's exactly how I feel. I don't, um, you know, I am very anti, I always have to say this because people think that because I own a CBD company that somehow I'm a weed dealer now. Um, that's one. And then two, they assume that I'm like pro unmitigated people getting high all the time. They think, you know, the guys are going to be smoking joints while they're riding in the fire truck. Just so everybody's clear, I have, first of all, it's super odd. Nobody believes me, but I've never used marijuana in my life. And the other girl I work with, Stephanie White in Fairfax County, she writes articles for fire engineering. She does like a lot of the cannabis studies and stuff. She's also never used marijuana in her life. I'm like, how are you guys pro cannabis? Uh, because I had bad surgery and I wish I had something other than opiates to use because it sucked. That mindset gets applied to me. But I'm very against people showing up intoxicated. I think that's ridiculous. And, you know, it's just treat it like alcohol. Pittsburgh has it uh, legalized. Uh, their guys use it. They had a reduction in, it was either disability, oh, behavioral, their mental health behavioral team. They had a reduction by, uh, it was an astronomical number. I'd have to ask Stephanie, but it was between 40 and 60% within the first year. I know Boynton just uh, legalized it. I always hear those crazy stories or I hear like the the reefer mania side of it. And I'm like, I'm not interested in changing those people's minds. And I don't really care. And everybody has a right to their opinion and fine, like whatever. I'm just saying, don't discount the the data that's out there. So when the data, it's just like you said, when data comes out, then we can analyze it, and and that's what we're working on. Like you know, we're just doing studies, and that's it, man. I I I hundred percent agree. Let's let's just get the data. Yeah. Let's, cause, dude, I've been wrong. I've been wrong. You know, it's like it happens. So, <laughs> no but way. let's get the data. <laughs> and if the data is good, man, let it rip, that's dude. It. Yeah. You know what's gonna happen? Every state in the country is gonna get a massive uptick in tax dollars, and they'll be able to maybe fund the fire departments a little bit better or make, you know, or funds, you know, build buildings that are better or do whatever they got to do like that. That's what's going to happen. So, yeah, yeah. 
Look at Colorado, man. Billions they, they pulled in. That's also a side of it that, you know, you have to bring up to these people because they're worried about money, you know, the, the cities and counties and stuff. Totally changing gears, but I wanted to wrap up with uh, something that I thought that people would probably find pretty valuable. What piece of advice would you give a new guy on the job and specifically for the job? So job-specific advice for a rookie, what would you give him? A hobby path, something that that when you're done with this job, you'll have something other than I was a firefighter or I was a paramedic or I was a cop. Like I did that, but now this is my thing. I've also yeah. invested in this my entire life. So Yeah, I think that's really valuable and that probably not enough people go for it. Uh, and God forbid you have to cut the career short, you know, for physical or mental reasons, you know, you got something else. On that note, what life advice would you have for rookies that you wish somebody would have told you when you got hired? Uh <laughs> We have an 85% divorce right now. Uh, that's not it. Uh, <laughs> it's not that low. Going. It's way higher than that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, I'm one of them. Uh, so, uh, but it, it, truly, just life in general is um, this job is brutal. It's It can be very brutal if you let it be. But understand that you, you do live one third of your life on the job, but invest in your, your happiness, your, your marriages, your, your personal lives, whatever it is. Um, the boys and girls of our fire service will always be there. We will be there, you know, if you need us, that kind of thing. But really, truly investing in your personal life will make your work life a billion times better. So take vacations when you have to take time off, take overtime if you need some extra money. Uh, but don't make it the only thing because uh, a good personal life will always lead into a good work life. Amen. Yeah, man. That's, um, I think that hits it out of the park. Jason, this has been awesome, man. Thank you so much for being on. I really hope that people kind of see a lot of the other stuff that you do just outside of just making us laugh. Cause, um, that stuff's really important too, man. You know, it's just as important. So I wanted to get, get it out there as much as I can. You know, I love and support everything that you're doing and, uh, keep doing it, man. Cause we love it.